welcome to episode 114 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's Word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to let you in on a biblical secret to bearing much fruit as a Christian. Let's dive in. In John 15, verse 8, Jesus makes this statement. He says, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. Do you recognize that as Christians, our calling is to bear fruit? Interestingly, back in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, Jesus makes a statement that you'll know a tree by its fruit. And in a similar sense, you actually know a person by the fruit that comes out of their life. So if their fruit is all moldy and junky and just polluted, or there is no fruit, well, that tells you something about the individual or they're by the tree. And in a similar sense, as Christians, if the fruit that is coming out of our life is big and bold and rich and juicy, that it says something about the tree or our lives. Well, the question I have to ask myself then is, well, if Jesus declares that his father is glorified by this, that we bear much fruit, well, what kind of fruit is it? And it seems like there's probably two aspects to this idea of fruit. One is what I'm going to call a convert. In other words, as a Christian, part of the fruit production of my life is making other disciples. It's allowing Jesus Christ to use my life, to use my tongue, to evangelize the world around me, that I become the vessel through which he wants to demonstrate his life, his love, his message through, and thereby through this evangelism and discipleship that other people are being wooed and brought to Jesus Christ. Now, for clarity's sake, I can't save a person, but I can point them to the Savior. And you realize that as as a Christian, one of the aspects of the fruit that should be coming out of my life is that there should be a, a trail, if you will, of how God is using me in the lives of other people to press them or to push them or point them unto him. But the, maybe the second idea of this kind of fruit is what I'm going to call character. Paul says in Galatians chapter 5 that there is this fruit of the Spirit. In other words, when your life as a Christian is filled with the Spirit of God, something is going to come out of that. Well, what is that going to be? Well, it's fruit. In reality, it's just character. It's the lifestyle. It's the essence of who you are. It's nature kind of stuff. And Paul says, as a Christian who is filled with the Spirit of God. Do you know what's going to come out of your life? Well, it should be love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, he concludes the list by making a phenomenal statement. He says, against such things, there is no law. In other words, you realize that there's not going to be a law against, hey, you're loving way too much. Please stop loving people. You know what? You are too joy-filled. Please, would you just be depressed once in a while? Wow, you are so patient. Would you just get frustrated and angry and just impatient once in a while? See, no one's ever going to say that. Why? Because there is no law or prohibition against the character and the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. And one other emphasis to point out, we have to realize that this is the fruit of the Spirit. That these aren't mere character attributes that I try to buckle down and grip my teeth and try to pull off in my own ability, my own strength, and my own resource. 
Yeah, it's true. I can have a measure of love in my own ability. And yeah, I can put a smile on my face and I can try to be joy-filled. And and there's a season where I might be able to be patient, you know, as I'm waiting for the microwave to ding. But the reality is that the kind of life that Paul is referring to here is something that you cannot pull off in your own ability. That the kind of love and joy, the peace and the patience, the incredible kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that your and my life is supposed to exhibit we can't just do on our own. It must be evidenced or the resource or the flow or the fruit of the spirit of God within us, cultivating and creating these attributes. So again, this isn't, hey, buckle down and, and have these things, you know, produce these things in your life. This is, hey, would you let the spirit of God come in and begin to reveal and do something, change whatever's necessary in your life to bring about his life? Well, that brings you to another question then. Well, if my life is supposed to demonstrate fruit, that's great. But how much fruit is it supposed to demonstrate? In other words, is it okay if my life just has like this little tiny winky dinky kind of fruit? And it's like, whoa, at least at least I have something. No, it's interesting that scripture says that we are to bear much fruit. And that can actually be evidenced even back in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, again, is just this beautiful picture it's a, it's a foreshadow, if you will, of the reality of the New Testament life. And what you begin to see in the Old Testament, specifically in the scene where Moses, here, here the Israelites, they just left Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea. They're now at Kadesh Barnea. And in the book of Numbers, Moses looks at one man from each of the 12 tribes, and he sends them into the land of promise to spy out the land. Now, these men are about 40 years old, according to to the book of Numbers. Now they go in and they spy out the land and they see some incredible things, but they come across some of the fruit within this promised land. Now it says that they came across a cluster of grapes. Now, I don't know about you, but I go down to the supermarket and I see this cluster of grapes and it's like, ah, look, it's cute. It's just this little tiny cluster of grapes and I can pick it up and I can, you know, plop, plop a grape off of it. But it's interesting that when these men, these grown men go into the line of promise, they find a single cluster of grapes. And it says that that cluster of grapes was so big that they had to tie it onto a pole and two men had to carry the cluster of grapes out. Now, I don't know about you, but either these were incredibly weak men or this was one massive cluster of grapes. And I tend to lean on the fact that it's probably a massive cluster of grapes. Why? Because the land of promise is that which produces life. And the fruit of the land of promise is massive. Now, I don't have time to get into it in this particular audio session, but it's interesting that when you look at the land of promise, it really is merely a picture or a glimpse of the life of a Christian. It is a spirit-filled life. It is a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a land that produces massive fruit. So think about this. Jesus says about our lives that our lives are to bear much fruit. And then we have this Old Testament picture of these men walking into the land of promise, that which was promised. And you realize the Holy Spirit is that which was promised to us. Jesus says it's the promise of the Father. So that here we are in the land of promise. Here we are filled with the Spirit of God. Here we are as Christians. What is our lives supposed to demonstrate? Well, it's to demonstrate fruit. That our life 
is supposed to be a land flowing with milk and honey. Our lives are supposed to have fruit that is so abundant that when people encounter us, it's like, whoa, how am I going to carry off this love? Wow, I, I've never had this much patience or kindness before. It's like I've got to call a friend and say, hey, could you help me out of here? Because I just spent time with this person and I was so overwhelmed by the fruit of their life. I just can't leave on my own. Well, perhaps that's a bit of an exaggeration, but maybe not. See, wouldn't it be fascinating if our lives in Jesus Christ had such an abundance of fruit, which is merely the lifestyle, the character, the nature of Jesus Christ, that our lives were really marked by love and joy, peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control that really left the world dumbstruck. I love what Ian Thomas used to say. He said that the Christian life can only be explained in terms of Jesus Christ. In other words, the only explanation for what is going on inside of my life is supposed to be Jesus. That it's not my wisdom, it's not my talent, it's not my resource, it's not my ability. It is Jesus and Jesus alone and all that he is wanting and doing and accomplishing in and through my life through his spirit called the Holy Spirit. So here's a question for you. Is the fruit of your life little winky dinky kind of fruit or is it massive? And you realize if your life even exhibits fruit, that's a great step forward. But don't just settle in, our, in your Christian life with this, well, at least I have some fruit, so I'm good to go. No, what would it look like if you press forward and allow God to grow these fruits in your life so that they were massive? Ah, I want that for my life. And I really want that for yours as well. Well, that brings me to the point of this particular podcast episode. And that is, well, if I'm called to bear much fruit, well, what is the secret to doing so? How, how am I going to pull this thing off? Well, what I want to do to, in order to answer that is, I actually don't want to give you my thoughts on it. I actually just want to tell you what Jesus said in John chapter 15. Because in John chapter 15, he's talking about producing fruit, but he gives you the secret for how that's going to be pulled off. So listen to this. This is John chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. Jesus says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears no fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean through the word which I've already spoken to you. Abide in me, and I also will abide in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Did you catch the secret? (laughs) Jesus says, I am the vine. And here's my father. He's the vine dresser. And you are a little branch coming out of that vine. Now, isn't it interesting that when we look at John chapter 15 specifically, you know, whenever I teach this, I, I often ask the students, I said, what is the job description of the branch? And normally, you know, the answer is, well, it's to bear fruit. And I say, well, yeah, it is, but that's actually not the job description. The job description or the whole purpose of the branch, hey, the whole focus of the branch, according to John 15, is that the branch is called to abide. That word abide in the Greek, it's minnow. 
It has this idea of to remain or to sink down into. It's to cling to something. Perhaps my favorite definition of the word abide is this one. It's to refuse to depart. See, that is what we are called to do in Jesus. That here is Jesus. He is the life source. He's the vine. And as a little branch, what am I called to do? I am to sink down into him. I am to rest. I'm to remain. I'm to hold tight to him. Well, in reality, I'm just called to refuse to depart. Why? Because he is the life source. So here's this sap, the life-giving sap of the vine flowing up through the vine and going into the branches. You realize as long as that life sap is coming into the branches, without a doubt, guess what's going to happen to that branch? Number one, it's going to have a life. But number two, it's going to bear fruit. It just can't help itself. See, the job description of the branch isn't to produce fruit. It will bear fruit as long as it remains in the vine. And as long as that life-giving sap is coming up into the vine, into the branch, wow, guaranteed, you're going to produce fruit. You're just not going to be able to help yourself. The problem is, or the question is, are you abiding? Hey, are you resting in him? Or are you in your branch ability, gritting your teeth saying, produce fruit, produce fruit, produce fruit. You'll never see a tree out there gritting its teeth, trying to produce fruit. Why? Because trees don't do fruit. They bear fruit. In fact, Jesus says in that same passage that any branch that isn't bearing fruit, which really has this idea that here's a branch that is refusing the life source. Well, what's going to happen to that branch? Well, it's going to be cut cut away. It's going to be cut off and burned. Why? Because there's no life within it. See, it's not so much, well, is there fruit? Is there no fruit? The real question is, is there life? Because if there's life, there will be fruit. So if you see a branch that's bearing fruit, you immediately know, wow, that branch has life in it. But if you see a branch that's not bearing fruit, you have to begin to conclude, well, obviously that branch has no life. So therefore, the best thing it has going for it is, well, it's going to be cut off and thrown into the fire. And it's not the mean, nasty, fine dresser thrown into the fire, burn, baby, burn kind of stuff. See, that's that's not the attitude of the vine dresser. What's the attitude of the vine dresser? Well, it's, it's merely to cut off that which is dead. But interestingly, Jesus makes a statement that if you're dead, all right, you're going to be cut off. But he says in verse two, if you're alive, you're going to be pruned, meaning you're going to experience some cutting. Why? Well, because when you are pruned, it enables you to bear even more fruit. So what then is the secret to bearing much fruit? Well, it seems to be twofold. One, you have to be abiding in the vine. You have to be connected to the life source. Hey, you have to be refusing to depart from that which is life, which is Jesus himself. So would you grab a hold of Jesus? Would you refuse to let go? Would you just cling to him for everything that you need for life and godliness as 2 Peter 1.3 declares? Hey, would you hold tight to Jesus? Would you remain, rest, sink down into Hold tight, refuse it apart, abide in Jesus. And when you abide in him, he's going to be abiding in you and his life-giving sap is going to go flowing up through him, the vine, into you, the branch, and you are going to produce fruit. So you are called to produce fruit, but how are you going to pull that off? Well, the only way you're going to pull that off is if you abide and refuse to depart from the life source itself, Jesus Christ.
But secondly, would you be willing to be pruned? (laughs) In the Christian world, we call that sanctification. And it's one of those things that we long for. We desire that God would mold and shape us more and more like himself, that he would cause us to walk in holiness and obedience, that he would remove all the chaff, the junk from our lives. And while we long and we desire it, (laughs) it is like, no, I don't want it. It's painful. Would we allow that perfect vine dresser, God himself, to come into our lives via the Holy Spirit and literally prune away anything and everything that does not push us to Jesus Christ? Anything in our life that doesn't produce life, hey, would we allow him to cut those things off of our lives so that we produce more fruit that actually allows more life to enter into this branch so that more, not only life, but more fruit comes from this branch. So what is this great secret to producing much fruit as a Christian? Number one, abide in Jesus Christ. Refuse to depart from him. Don't just try to do and accomplish things in your own wisdom, ability, resource, or talent. See, yes, you're going to be doing things, but you're going to be doing them by the resource, the strength, the power, the wisdom, the energy of Jesus Christ. Let him be your life. And number two, Would you let him come and begin to prune your life so that more life can flow through you so that all the deadness of your life would be really broken away so that you would bear even more fruit? Well, I hope this was just a simple but encouraging reminder to embrace Jesus all the more. He is our life source. He is the vine and I must be connected to him. I must refuse to depart from him. Well, no, I'm cheering you on unto that end. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, including a list of all those verses and some other links and resources, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 114 for episode 114. And if this podcast has been a blessing to you and it's been encouraging you and pressing you unto Jesus Christ, would you do me a huge favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts? See, Apple uses these star ratings and reviews as a way to get the podcast in front of other people. So if you think others should hear this podcast, well, I would encourage you to take 30 seconds and go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. And thank you so much for those who have done it and for those who are going to consider doing it. Well, until next time, know I am cheering you on as you build your life around the vine, the life source itself, Jesus Christ. Remain in him.